Google shutting down a helpful tool. The power of Snoop fails to sell the smokeless dream. Stanley blows up on TikTok. And we talk AI crashes and Facebook scheduling in today's mailbag. All this and more on this week's Strong Coffee Drip. Hi again, everyone. I'm Brian from Strong Coffee Marketing. I'm joined, as always, by a guy braving the Edmonton cold with me, Ian. Ian, good to see you. I see you're wearing a hoodie because it's cold outside. And a guy who escaped Edmonton winters a few years ago when he moved to Vancouver, Duncan. Hello, Duncan. How's how's the weather in Vancouver, Duncan? It is wet and there's about a foot of snow everywhere. So I I didn't escape too far. We see the videos here in Edmonton and we just snicker while we sit here in minus 30. So we're really no better off. Um, Before we get started, a few things around the Strong Coffee offices and Strong Coffee um, world this week. Shared some pictures on social media on the weekend about um, the transformation taking place in our office. We're turning it into a content studio. I think you guys will agree we're getting pretty close. I know we were all in there for Christmas and it was getting pretty close. Um, Ian and I found a slight flaw that we need to fix with the seamless paper that we'll take care of. But overall, um, that looks promising and uh, and hopefully we'll be able to share some more soon. We've also got a logo coming for the Strong Coffee Drip, which looks pretty cool. So hopefully we'll be able to debut that soon. But without official. further ado, yeah, it's it's getting there, guys. It is getting <laughs> official. A month and a half into this thing and we get a logo. So the boss <laughs> thinks we're doing something right. Congrats. Congrats to all of us. Um, but without further ado, we've got a lot to cover. We were just going through our notes, getting everything ready. And it was like, oh, this is it's a lot to talk about today. So first thing we want to do, we'll start out with something maybe a little bit fun. Um, lots of interesting stories, uh, marketing, marketing related stories going on in the news right now. Um, what I want to do is I want to talk about two specific ones. And then as marketers ask you guys both, which one of these stories do you find more interesting? Uh, from from the marketing perspective. So first story, story number one, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite rapper and business person, Snoop Dogg. Um, Snoop's smokeless campaign doesn't really yield any results. Snoop Dogg made headlines in November when he announced on Instagram that he was quitting smoking. However, it actually turned out to be a clever marketing ploy for Solo Stove, a company that makes smokeless fire pits. In a video posted a few days later, Snoop revealed in the campaign stating, I'm giving up smoke, solo stove, fixed fire. They take all the smoke, clever. It was recently revealed that the campaign, while gaining lots of attention, didn't really result in many sales. The parent company of Solo Stove then decided to exit CEO John Maris recently. Over the past couple of days, he was released from his duties. I remember when this first came out in November, um, there was a lot of talk about it right off the start. So that's story number one, something to consider there with Snoop. Story number two, Utah moms start a beverage container revolution. The Stanley brand, originally focused on practicality for blue collar workers, has shifted its image in recent years to be more aesthetically pleasing, particularly with the introduction of the Stanley Quencher, a stainless steel travel mug. The quencher gained popularity, especially among female members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who embraced a soda culture after the church clarified its stance on caffeine. The Stanley Cup's popularity soared on social media, particularly on TikTok, contributing to Stanley's revenue increase from $73 million in 2019 
to a projected $750 million in 2023. In addition, the Stanley hashtag has almost 3 billion views on TikTok. So two very different stories, one a lot of success, the other one not nearly as much. Start with you, Ian. Which one as a marketer do you find more interesting? The Snoop Dogg and the Smokeless Fire Pits or the rise in popularity of the Stanley Cups? Um, I think they're both very interesting. I, I'd say um, probably the Snoop Dogg one, I think we can almost learn a bit more from because it shows that you can't, you can't force virality. Uh, the second one obviously went viral quite naturally. The first one, I think that's what they were trying to do and uh, perhaps get some, some viral uh, motion and traction there, but didn't seem to work out too well for them. So, um, and I, I think it kind of underlines also that sometimes what seems like a good idea internally, they may have thought this was a great idea and that it was going to blow up, but uh, yeah, do some market research and see if the, the kind of people that you want to buy uh, the, your smokeless fire pits are the kind of people that are following Snoop, for example. Is it the right, you know, is it is your is it the right message for the right audience? I guess. Yeah, I would agree. And I, you know what? When I saw the Snoop thing come out, I a hundred percent thought it was a line of edibles because it just made sense, right? It was like this aligns perfectly. And then when a few days later, when it was you know, released that it was these smokeless fire pits. While the product looks really cool and apparently it's, it's quite a good product. It was like, ah, that's not what I thought. I feel tricked. <laughs> um, Duncan, what about you? Are you on with the Utah moms or are you hanging with Snoop? I gotta say, I mean, they're both interesting. The, the, I think for me, the Utah moms one is probably more interesting and I'll explain why in a second, but just to, to touch on the Snoop thing um, and to add a little bit to what Ian says, I think there's, Sometimes the creative agencies try to be too clever or too smart to the point where they're, they're just making a leap that their customers are not really or, or ready to make. So trying to connect, you know, Snoop Dogg, who's very famous for, for marijuana to a smokeless barbecue through a simple sentence of I'm giving up smoke, like that's a leap. And I think what you have to realize is the audiences in general need to kind of be, they need to get it. If they don't get it, you're wasting a lot of money. So if you would have, if they would have just split tests, not split tested, sorry, peer tested this, I don't think it would have done very well. And they would have known right away that this is a bad idea or the connection needs to be stronger. Um, you know, if it was somebody who was known for cooking, like a chef, a famous chef, then all of a sudden things start to make a little bit more sense. But I think they just picked the wrong ambassador for this because it's forcing too much of a leap for the person that sees sees the message. Um, on that same train, though, the Utah Moms is very interesting. Now, it's it's one of those things where, again, picking the right ambassador can be the make or break. So I actually didn't know that uh, you know the Mormon Church decided to change their stance on on caffeine, and that is sort of a bit of an opportunity. Now, I also didn't know, and, and this is one of the beauty things about TikTok, is that there's, you know, there's this subsection of TikTokers for Mormons, and they probably have a rather robust following. So Utah Moms, Duncan, go smaller, check it out. Utah Moms. There's where these smaller, um, you know, kind of influencer groups can have a big 
role on sales. And like, yeah, you can go to Snoop Dogg and you can pay him a million dollars to do this campaign, or you can find a smaller group like this with 20,000 loyal followers, probably, I mean, I know they didn't even pay for this. That was the best part. But if you find the right influencers, you'd be surprised at how far it can drive sales um, and income for you. And then at the same time, if you even gear products towards influencers or even send them out to them as, as a free product, you never know where that might take you. And that, I swear, the cost, if any, to the Stanley company versus what they were trying to do with those pits, um, I bet you we're talking a big, big difference, um, if any, like I say. So this is one of those things where natural content from real people that have a loyal following can do wonders for your marketing versus trying to force it with a big name. Yeah, I agree. And I think if you make people think too much like they did with Snoop and it's too big of a leap, people are like, you don't sit around wondering what the ad means. You see the ad in passing and that's that, right? Um, For me, one of these hit home much more than the other one did. And while I really like Snoop and I like Snoop's music, I even liked when he was Snoop Lion, which was just weird. Um, and I think he'd admit it was a little bit weird too. The Stanley, the Stanley mug one really hits home for me. And the reason for that is that I'm living a family. My wife and my two girls are on TikTok all the time and they see these trends. I've had to go to Sephora so many times because somebody on TikTok has some sort of makeup wipe or something that everybody needs all of a sudden. And we go to Sephora and I sit there while they buy stuff. The same thing happened in my household with these Stanley mugs. And I brought a prop because we're all about props here. I have three of these things in my house now. And it was direct, directly related to TikTok. So they see these things on TikTok. These are the greatest mugs of all time. And next thing you know, we're calling Nana and Papa and Grandma and Grandpa in Arizona to try to go to Dick's Sporting Goods in the mall to see if they can find these things. So I I totally get it. And I I agree, Duncan, with what you said too, the idea of let's find this niche audience and and work with them instead of that one single ambassador in this case uh, worked out really, really well. So um, I'm on the Stanley side here because it hits home for me. I will say about the Snoop thing, and this might just be me putting on my tinfoil hat a little bit. I don't know if you can say that the marketing campaign wasn't a success yet. It only happened in November. And look what happened. Maybe they didn't get the sales they wanted in November, December for Christmas. I'm assuming that's probably what they were going for. But we're talking about it again in January. And who's to say there's some of a there's a residual effect of the negativity there, the, the lack of, of response they got. Why couldn't that carry forward? And you hear about this in February and March. And next thing you know, they come up with a campaign next year. And you're like, oh, those are the guys that did the Snoop thing. So... I wouldn't just sit here after a couple months and say it's dead. I wouldn't also say that firing the CEO is part of the master plan, but you know what? You never know. You never know. It still might turn around. Um, so I'm curious to see what happens with those products moving forward. So I mean, well done TikTok guys. It really is a, a trend, trend based thing, especially if you, mm-hmm. you can do something that people will try and copy or imitate or share, uh, build on. So this is where, it has a lot of power for brands. Um, and I think when you look at advertising on that platform, you also have to kind of think about those trends and piggyback on them or try to create new ones. 
the traditional kind of ads that we always used to make just don't work anymore. So uh, TikTok is a very interesting platform from that sense. But I think really what it comes down to is the organicness of the video or how it feels is what matters. And if it even has a remote smell of an ad campaign, it usually will flop. So it's a very interesting platform in that sense. But yeah, for me, that got to be the, the moms. And for me, the fact that you made up a word organicness just now is another really cool thing too. Put so. a dash in between those things. That's good. <laughs> yeah. When I do the captions later for this video, I'll have to figure out how to solve that problem. So cool, guys. Um, next topic of conversation. Google is saying goodbye to websites, but there's a caveat here. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Part of the thing we were doing before pressing record today was diving a little bit deeper into this to truly figure out what's going on. So Google has announced that they're shutting down websites made with Google business profiles. In a post, Google said in March of 2024, websites made with Google business profiles will be turned off and customers visiting your site will be redirected to your business profile instead. The redirect will work until June 10th of 2024. Google websites have been a handy tool for small businesses looking to establish a web presence. While limited and far from perfect, they did provide a quick and free solution for businesses in a crunch. Now, Google also said that business profiles will not be affected in any way. But there are, like I mentioned, some misconceptions about this. And Duncan, do you want to explain it? You might be the best to explain it. You were doing the research, as were Ian and I. But maybe where is there maybe some confusion in what's happening? Yeah, so what's going away is the Google websites that are tied to your Google My Business profile. So a lot of people had Google My Business profile um, page, and then there was the option within the settings that you could just make like a website to give you a little bit of extra, you know, SEO, uh, you know, vision on that search engine for those keywords. But what the way it worked was it just pulled the content from your Google My Business and it made you a website. It's a one-page website. It had limited themes, limited options. Um, it was free. And yes, it did index on Google, which was great. But what's been happening is Google's been really moving towards leveraging the Google My Business profile. So like when we build ads that you know integrate with that profile, you can actually choose whether you want to send it to a website or you want to send it to the profile. So this is where Google kind of made a shift. They, they just got rid of this option for this website, but they also recommended that you go and use some of these other tools. And one of those tools that exists is Google Sites. So if you go look at Google Sites, it's basically the same offering, but better. Because what it allows you to do is you can build a website. It sits on a Google hosted domain. It's completely free, but this thing can have multiple pages. So the original Google site was literally a one-page site that just used your Google My Business profile. This new one can have four, five, six pages of content. Um, it has a lot more robust themes, a lot more customizability with the same benefits. So really what ended up happening was we got rid of a poor version or poor quality version of Google Sites. That is going away. And they're recommending that in order to do this properly, you just use their new version, new version. Um, for websites in the future. So while everyone thought, hey, Google's getting rid of their website and these placements won't be there anymore, that's true, but kind they of. have a better offering that basically gives you even more bells and whistles that you didn't have before that they're just moving people to instead. So yeah. 
it was a bit of a nothing burger, and I think a lot of people made the big deal out of it because of the way that the article was written. But in actuality, there's another product that is better at serving this purpose. It's just a little more manual. It's not automated anymore. You can't just you know link it and it's built. You do have to go in there and look at it. But if you need a website in a pinch, Google has a free offering that has multiple pages. You control the content. You control the look and theme. It's a great tool, to be honest, for any small business. Um, the only downside is you do not get a domain that you own. It simply sits on the Google Sites URL. But if you need a site live in literally minutes, you can do it with this tool and it's completely free. And this confused us too, because when yeah. we first saw it, we were like, oh, Google websites are shutting down. But then you actually read it. It's like, no, no, no. Websites that were built using Google business profiles. And then it was like, oh, wait a second. Google sites isn't the thing that's going away. But even then we were still confused. So it wasn't until we actually went and read the Google release, the post they put up, and they said, create a new website using other tools. And one of the other tools outside of um, Squarespace and Wix and WordPress, Shopify, et cetera, was Google sites. So that was kind of the hint to us that it was like, oh, no, no, it's not Google Sites. It's Google websites built through um, profiles. So very um, specific product that's going away. Yeah. Yeah. And truthfully, a pr probably a product that not many people knew about, because to your point, Duncan, it was kind of a creation based on information getting pulled already. It wasn't really that you were building the website. It was... You know, it kind of reminds me of, remember with Facebook where they used to have the business location pages and all it was was information pulled from the business, but it mm -hmm. wasn't your actual business page and it was really confusing and you could check in, et cetera. Kind of reminds me of that. Um, one now, Ian, you, worth, oh, go ahead, Ian. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say one thing that might be worth mentioning is um, for anyone who is on the old style site, you will not be upgraded automatically. No. So it's, yeah, just worth mentioning that, uh, yeah, if you do use that feature, although it wasn't perhaps widely used, if you do use it, you're going to need to create the new site yourself manually, switch everything over because the old site will just be deleted. I did see some negative feedback from people saying this idea that it's going to kind of just come to fruition here in very short order in a matter of yeah, months March. was a little bit tight for businesses. Yeah. So um, um curious to see. I, but I have know, to I disagree on, on that because of how simple that site was to build. You, yeah. you giving a, giving people 90 days to make another simple website or it goes away. I think Google's very reasonable in that. Plus considering the offerings that are out there, like this, that site was an automated thing built from content that already existed. It did not took them one click to make it. I don't think three months is an unreasonable amount of time to build something new. I would have given them six months cause I'm nice. Yeah. So just saying. I was running Google, I'd be like, yeah, it's a little bit tight on time. What if somebody goes on vacation or they get busy? Six months. No, I'd love a three-month vacation. That'd be great. <laughs> Wouldn't we all, Duncan? Wouldn't we all? Um, Ian, you're, I was going to ask you before we rant on vacations, which I wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> you and I have worked with a number of small businesses and actually have a little bit of experience with some of these other tools like Wix and Squarespace, Absolutely, Shopify, yeah. et cetera. Um, I know we build mainly the sites that we do on WordPress, mm -hmm. but yeah, there are other options. And I know like, like you and I working on some of these, they are legitimate options for building mm -hmm. websites on, and they're quite easy to use. I mean, we didn't have absolutely. a ton of experience when we were working with some of the other ones and they, they work pretty well. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Wix and Squarespace are in particular very, very easy to use for anyone, regardless of your experience level with um, kind of, doing those kinds of online. Shopify is also building. good if you're selling stuff. Yeah, Shopify so. great too. 
Um, I think finishing a Shopify site a, today. Yeah. Wix certainly offers a free plan. Um, it has the similar restrictions to what you mentioned with the Google sites. I'm not sure about the others, but they both have, they all have plans that come in yep. under. And reasonably priced. Yep. Yeah, the most the only downside I find with those platforms is a lot of the the advanced settings that you may want are uh, paid editions. Yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah. You, you can uh, you can find the situation where you keep having to pay more and more and more for that site because you want all the bells and whistles. But it's kind of just the nature of the web. If you have a WordPress website, it's the same boat. Um, if you want an advanced plugin, you often have to pay for it. So. Just something to consider, but yeah, for a basic website, Google Sites can do the trick, um, and it's free. It's highly recommended, and like we say, it's not entirely going away. Just one aspect of it is. Just, yeah. We've settled the confusion. I'm sure people will flock to this video saying, I was confused until I saw you guys, and now I'm not. So, you're welcome. Um, Let's dive into the mailbag this week, where the questions are real, but the names and locations usually aren't real but in this case it's kind of partially not true now um we have two questions this week one of them was a comment on one of our videos and the other one i'll get to in just a second from um strong coffee marketing's very first ever uh client way 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 back when so we'll get to that question in just a second first up a question from at jim e9243 on youtube thank a real you person, jim by e the way. nine he, he appears real. He or she appears real. Don't know where Jim E is from, but I'm going to say Tucson. That's my guess. It would just make sense. It would align with what we're doing Perfect. here. Um, the question, I use AI daily. Maybe you could run a video on how to handle errors, which I get virtually every time. This includes a loss of communication and other error messages that require regen. No matter what time of the day, day of the week, different computers, different browsers, deletion of cookies and cache, no matter what tool I'm using, this is an uppercase. Errors. Always errors. Jimmy is having some trouble with AI tools. Now, we can't provide you tech support on these tools because we didn't build them, but I think we perhaps have a couple of suggestions. And I'm going to turn it over to the two of you who work with these tools far more regularly than I do about potential things that Jim E could do to get around these errors that he or she is regularly seeing. Um, Duncan, go. So I, I mean, I use AI quite often. Um, I think I'll kind of touch on it from at least my perspective of this. I 100% agree with you, Jimmy, 9243. This I think does that was happen a lot. Um, I think what's kind of happening behind the scenes here is, depending on the, on the tools you use, there is a lot of interest. There's a lot of people that are using these for various things, um, whether it be images, music, uh, text, copywriting, etc. So they are throttling back the ability for people to use these algorithms um, because it's not only just the people using it as is, like there's a lot of tools, plugins, applications, extensions that are all using this thing too. So the amount of data that, that is going through these tools on a daily basis is ridiculous. And they also have offered this for free for a lot of people. So what they've started to do is throttle back, not only the amount of times that you can use the search, but how quickly it responds for free users. So I don't know if you're paid or free, but one of the reasons why you may be experiencing a lot of errors with this is simply due to volume and not having, you know, the premium access to these tools in the process. 
So say you did have premium access and you're still seeing these errors because I have premium access and I do. One of the main reasons for this is they force you to log in a lot. So if you have a window that's open and you've been writing in things on a Monday and you go back in there on Tuesday and you try to enter something in, it'll have an error. Um, I see that quite often as well. So usually just refreshing or re-logging in will do that and fix it. But what I try to do with these things, if it, if it helps you, is I try to keep threads available for like different purposes. So if I am going to be writing content for whatever, a website, I would give it some kind of commands to kind of direct it. And I kind of keep that thread open and I name it like this is my like website content creation for, you know, whatever, this site. So that it remembers the previous entries and the guidance that I've given it before it starts to go and write things. So I've done this before with like case studies. I have like a case study format that I have in there. And my go-to is just to refresh the page if I go back in there and I haven't been there in a while, let it log me in, et cetera. And then I can kind of start giving it the data again and it spits it out. So I know what you're talking about. I've seen a lot of errors. Um, I've also seen errors if I ask too many questions at once because even on the paid plans, they throttle them back. So I know of another solution, but I think Ian's probably best to talk about it. So um, there's another really good solution. Ian, I'll let you take it away, but at least from my experience, the biggest reason is simply that there's an unbelievable amount of demand for this. Um, this is also why you're seeing more and more paid options coming out and tiers going up because of that demand. And I think we'll continue to see this and all you can really do is refresh the page, make sure you're logged in. Yeah, like you say, the cookies and browsers um, pay for the more premium plans or go ahead, Ian. Yeah. Uh, before Ian, let me interject, Ian. Yeah. In the strong coffee drip first, Ian, before you get going, Duncan has a meeting he has to go to. So Duncan <laughs> has to leave. So let's go. Okay. So, so Duncan, just before Ian gets started here. He's not going to finish in three minutes. I have to answer the other question too. We're okay if you just leave at some point. Okay. Um, feelings will not be hurt. But thank you for joining us today, Duncan. Um, I really appreciate you tuning in. Ian, go ahead. What was the other solution possibly for Jim E? Uh, so the solution that I've been using recently, I only found out about this um, in the last sort of month or so, is um, hosting a large language model yourself locally. And uh, this has been possible for a long, long time. Um, but in the past, it's usually meant going on to GitHub and compiling it all yourself. There's a new tool that just came out within the last uh, month or so, I believe, which is called jan.ai. That's J-A-N dot A-I. You go to that website and you can download um, what is essentially a client for uh, large language models. So you would download it and it works kind of like your email client would. Um, and there's a browser in there where you can browse all the different large language models that are available and um, the size you want, whether you want the 70 billion parameter version, which is obviously a larger file or a 7 billion uh, parameter version, for example. Um, there are uh, several uh, open source large language models on there, including Meta's Llama 2, which is the one that I've been using mostly. Um, but yeah, you just download jan.ai you pick the large language model or models that you want to download into that client, and then you use it exactly as you would normally by logging into uh, ChatGPT, for example, but you're hosting everything locally. You can use it offline. Uh, you can, yeah, there's no slowdown. It's, it's perhaps not quite as quick to come back with some of the answers, but uh, 
it, it's also not quite as slow on the other occasions that you may be getting delayed. Consistent so, and it's stable, basically. Yeah, so I'm... Um, you definitely rule out any kind of like computer overload, cookie issues with things like that because you're hosting it on your own computer. Yeah. So all of a sudden, those problems just go away. Yes. Now you do. Speaking of going away, fairly modern computer. Oh, I have to run. Okay. Segway. Oh, whoa! Do you see how he did that? Peace he out. Hasn't, you haven't left. You haven't left <laughs> yet, Duncan. We'll talk there. soon. Bye bye. Okay, okay, Duncan. It's time to go. So Ian, yes. so Jan AI, yeah. Jan.ai, you basically you're putting one of these models on your computer. Yeah. So um yeah, so you can run it whenever you want. You don't have to be online, etc. Exactly. I'd imagine like it, it's so crazy for me to think that, you know, back in the early days of the internet, we would sit there and wait for 10 minutes for a picture to download yeah. and you would see it going like this. And now all of a sudden you're putting a large language model on your desktop. Yeah. Absolutely. Um one thing that's probably worth bearing in mind is that obviously it's it is quite intensive on your computer as you're doing it, um, so maybe not something you want to leave running in the background all the time. Um, ideally, you'd want to make sure you've got enough RAM to run the model you want to use. If you, for example, wanted to use the 70 billion parameter version of Llama 2, then you're probably not going to be able to do that on just a Chromebook, <laughs> uh, you would really want to make sure that your computer is up to the task. But to answer the question about errors and slowdown and crashes and things like that, um, it is an alternative option. Definite option. So do something like Ian's doing where you're you're actually recreating this on your on your own computer. Or like Duncan was saying, there's the paid options, as well as, you know, if if you're sending through a bunch of queries at once, maybe it's better to spoon feed it and help it along as opposed to yeah. just throwing a bunch of stuff at it and saying, I hope you can figure this out. Yes, indeed. Cool. Um anything we want to talk about Duncan now that he's gone? <laughs> Any no, not really? <laughs> just how great a guy he is. after Yeah, gr Duncan is the greatest guy I've ever met. Even though he's not here to see this, um, he'll see it later. So we can't really say anything bad anyways. And also, before I forget, one of my children is over here, probably looking for her Stanley. So I'm going to hide it. Okay. <laughs> She'll never know. one one Yes, yes. If you see a little hand here pretty soon reaching through, grabbing a Stanley, that's why. Some good advice about AI. And um, hopefully Jim E., that solves your question. Thank you very much for, for leaving a comment. Yeah, and again, if anybody has any comments or questions, leave them. We'll, we'll find them. We'll see them. We'll answer. Question number two, this came through my email. Um, this is from Strong Coffee's first ever client. Her name is Lorena. Normally I would make up where this person lives, but we know she lives in Edmonton. We, we can't lie. She doesn't live in Tucson. She's probably been to Tucson, but doesn't live there. She lives in Edmonton. Um, she asks very specific question. Facebook is only letting us schedule for 30 days. I have four Facebook pages that I'm managing. Any suggestion on what's the best tool to be most effective? And is there any way to get around the 30-day max? Well, I can answer this question. I did a little bit of research as well. There used to be, Facebook had a 75-day window. And depending on where you look online, this 75-day window still appears um, out there in, in articles, et cetera. But when you actually go into the meta scheduling tool, it says you can schedule up to 29 days in advance, which is what Lorena is, is um, referring to. So 
I understand why Facebook brought this down to 29 days. They don't want you to just simply go, I'm going to do social media for the next six months, drop a bunch of posts out there scheduled, and then just let it run. Because, you know, not only could it potentially be spammy, it also isn't really helping your social cause any whatsoever by just running posts out there without knowing what's going on in the world or anything like that. So I understand why they, they brought it back to 29 days. But I also see from Lorena's perspective, knowing one of the businesses Lorena helps to do social for, they have a lot of evergreen content, a lot of content related to um, events, et cetera, which basically isn't going to change. We just want to make sure we don't forget about it. So let's schedule kind of a, a base layer, layer of content out there, and then they drop additional stuff in over top. So I understand why that 75-day window, or at least over 30 days, um, was something that really appealed to people like, like her. I think the best solution for this is to look at a third-party tool. Now, I reached out to a couple of third-party tools that we work with um, through clients and some of the stuff we do on our own um, and talked to both of them and said, you know, there's this specific window that, that Meta has. How can we get around it, et cetera? And obviously using these tools, you can. And the reason for that is actually pretty simple. If you use a third-party tool to schedule your posts, Basically, what you're doing is you're scheduling it in the tool. You're not scheduling it in Facebook. What will happen is if I have a post that is going to go up in three months from now and I put it into one of the scheduling tools out there, whether it be like a like a Loomly or a Hootsuite or whatever the case may be, that post sits in that tool until the day and the minute comes when it's to go live then it fires it to Facebook or Instagram and it goes live. So you can schedule it in the third party tool and Facebook truthfully doesn't even know those posts are coming until it's time. So that is one way around it. Um, you know, specifically we use Loomly. I mentioned Loomly on a, on another one of our podcasts and, um, you know, I tested, you can, you can go as far as you want in advance with posting there. Um, not a commercial for Loomly, but it is a tool that we have a lot of experience with. Yeah. We've used it in the past. It works really, really well. Um, so the reason that when, when you put these, these posts out on, on a third party tool, that's also the reason that you can then go and shift around when they should go. So let's say I've got a, a, a post scheduled for next Tuesday in one of these tools. And all of a sudden I go, no, no, it can't go on Tuesday. It's got to go on Thursday. I might be able to just drag it over on the calendar. Well, the reason I can do that is it hasn't fired over to Facebook yet. It's still sitting in the tool. Now with some of the tools, you will notice that after the, the post goes live on Facebook, you can't use the tool to edit the post because now it's in Facebook's control. You got to go over to Facebook and make changes to it. It's basically how the tools work. So to answer your question, Lorena, and thank you very much for your, for your email and your question, 29 days if you're going to use the, um, the scheduling tool baked into Meta, um, and in her case, Facebook specific, but using a tool like Loomly um, will get around that. And you'll be able to schedule further out in advance, too. Um, so thank you, Lorena, very much for your question. Hope to see you soon. Haven't seen Lorena since uh, before Christmas, I think. So um, I think that about does it. Anything else going on, Ian? Any any um, Duncan news? Any Duncan rumors you want to drop? No? <laughs> no, that I can think of, no. Okay. Well, if you think of anything, let me know. <laughs> we can make another podcast without Duncan, and we'll talk about those. So that's all for today. Thank you again so much for your support. Um, we've been getting lots of really good comments back from, from clients, from friends, from family, and it's been a lot of fun doing these. So um, uh, please keep your questions coming in. 
and, uh, and we'll be happy to answer them. Be sure to look for us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, that's where all of our clips appear. Um, basically, as soon as they come out, that's where you're going to see them first. So without further ado, Ian, have a fantastic weekend. Stay warm. I'll try. And let's get back to work. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks. Bye.